The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. We are settling league disputes. Actually, not a ton of fantasy cops today because we have a lot of news to get to. But believe it or not, there is there is a different different definition of ADP. In fact, it just a, it doesn't even stand for average draft position according to one terrible commissioner. So we're gonna tell him why he sucks as a commissioner and make him change one of his rulings. I'm Adam Azer with Dan Schneier here on a Friday afternoon. Oh, sorry, it's 11:48 a.m. So. I think it's the afternoon. Some people think it's still the morning, but whatever the case may be. Hey, Dan, what's going on? What's going on, Adam? Happy to be here. I want to do one more shameless promotion. And it's not shameless because, look, it's for St. Jude. It's for an amazing cause. If you do have time and the means to donate, please donate to our Draftathon store. Or we are hosting on the 28th next Monday, not this coming Monday, next Monday after That's that, right. August 28th. A St. Jude's Draftathon poker tournament. So please get involved in that. I'll have more details on that to come on our social channels. And Adam will also probably talk about it a little bit more on the pod. But if you like poker and you want to join us to play against us and you want to raise money for St. Jude, please join us for that. And I've got a link to the eBay store where you can bid on so many amazing things in the episode description. And I'm going to put it in the YouTube chat right now. Okay. So. Let's get started with uh, some players. I think a couple weeks ago we talked about players that we draft a lot. Let's talk about players that we avoid a lot. Oh, yeah. Got any avoids? Oh, I got a lot of avoids, Adam. Let me hit this up. You want me to go by position? Yeah, as long as you don't, you know, talk five minutes better. But player, sure. Okay, that's fine. And that, that uh, that's noted. But hmm. zero, zero avoids at the quarterback position. So we're going to move past that. Avoids at running back. I'm not drafting any Najee Harris. I don't like that price at all. I'm not drafting every tra- any of Travis Etienne. I hate the Travis Etienne price. He's a player who I didn't like as a prospect coming out. I watch him in his preseason games. Some of the same issues that he had at Clemson. He bounces runs outside. I call it the Saquon Barkley factor. Just not a great processor from a running standpoint. Don't love the talent. Don't love the situation with James Robinson back. Throwing a bunch of red dead zone backs for me. Elijah Mitchell avoid. Cam Akers avoid. David Montgomery avoid. Miles Sanders avoid, Josh Jacobs avoid, Antonio Gibson avoid. So we got a slew of guys there. And as we move to receiver, I'm not drafting Tyreek Tyree Hill this year, Adam. I don't know if you are. I'm not. Okay, Deontay Johnson, stop right there. Same. Uh, Deontay, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Now, it's always an at-cost thing. And you're going to hear over the weekend, I already recorded this with Jacob Gibbs, uh, the Tyreek Hill profile. I had not been drafting him, but we did a draft on Thursday uh, you were not in, I'm sorry, but uh, me, Dave, Jamie Heath, and eight other industry people was our IDP league. And the IDPs don't start getting drafted until like round six or something like that. I'll have to take a look. But I did draft Tyree Kill for the first time. I had the third pick. I went McCaffrey in round one. Justin Jefferson went in round two, by the way. We're actually going to talk about that later via an email. Uh, I took Keenan Allen in round two. The next four picks were Javante Williams, Mark Andrews, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, and then I took Tyreek Hill in round three. I don't take him in round two, but 
I was fine taking him there. I took him ahead of AJ Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know, and I think Adam brings up a great point here. When we say avoid, it doesn't mean we're not taking him no matter right, what. Right. It's avoid at KDP. It's avoid at cost. It's avoid at what we project them to go. Where Adam got him, I would take him there too. So I think that's fine. But okay. in most drafts, he is going higher. Right. I, I don't love him in round two, but at the beginning of round three, I was fine with. I think he was wide receiver twelve, something like that, in this Are draft. You in on any- are you in on any of those dead zone backs I, I I reeled off? I feel like you always love a so, couple of dead zones. So we, we <laughs> I'm just, just joking, by the way. No, I no, I, I don't. I love AJ Dillon. I don't know if you mentioned him. I didn't mention him. him. No, I did not mention him. Say them again. Okay, here we go. Let me get that list up because I have it all in my tiers, color coded with the big red dead zone. So the list it includes Elijah Mitchell, David Montgomery. Oh yeah, I Miles like, Sanders. I, I drafted him in round five yesterday. You like Montgomery. You're I like. Montgomery I love guy. him in round five. I think he's fine in round four. I do not take him in round three. Yeah, who doesn't like the least talented guy in a backfield with the worst offensive line in football? I get it. Um, next, we got Miles Sanders. <laughs> Miles Sanders also makes my list. Yeah. Josh Jacobs. You know I'm a Josh Jacobs hater. I don't know if there's any round I'd take him in. I think when you're going to say all these guys, I don't I'm think... I'm joking, by the way, about that. I would take these guys if they drop too far. Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think Montgomery's really, to me, in this group. Um, but I don't like the ones that go first. So basically, mm-hmm. if I can build a solid roster and you know load up on wide receivers and maybe like Dalton Schultz in rounds four, five, six, and any of these guys are available in round seven, at that point, I mean, I've got the core of my team. I don't really believe in dead zone once we get to round seven in a 12-team league. I, I really feel like at that point, you've got the crux of your team, unless you took a quarterback and a tight end in those picks, and maybe you want to build a little bit more of your running back or more of your wide receiver depth. But at that point, if any of those guys fall to round seven, and many of them will, I'm totally fine with it at that point, round seven in a 12-team league, so that's pick 73 or later. Uh, Especially Miles Sanders, I, I know he's already hurt. Not to say that I like him better than Josh Jacobs, I just think it's much more realistic that he'll be there in round seven than Josh Jacobs. But, I mean, I, I just I'm loving the Eagles right now. I think they're going to be right. really aggressive this year. They're absolutely loaded with talent. They have arguably the best offensive line in football. So if I can get their starting running back in round seven, I understand there's downside, but basically any round seven pick other than a quarterback is going to have downside. I'm fine with that. And I think you nailed it, Adam, because the borders are bending. Last year, the dead zone was one, maybe two, maybe honestly three rounds higher. Like these guys weren't going in round seven. Right. The Miles Gaskins and Mike Davis of the world were going round four out of necessity. Now they've all been pushed down. The market has really adjusted to these types of backs and has four. And like you said, I mean, once you get to round seven, I don't hate it. It becomes outside the dead zone, I guess you could say in some ways. Um, but I just still find it probably hard for me to not want to take a chance on a receiver there that I think has more upside. Right. So I got to get those high upside receivers before I take those running backs uh, but but I did like we just did a draft with the listeners and there were some good values in round seven and in round seven in the draft that the IDP went that I just mentioned um, looks like those running backs were kind of gone by then so round six was AJ Dillon Damian Pierce I think that's too early Clyde I could be wrong about that but I think it's too early Clyde Edwards Elair Kareem Hunt Chase Edmonds round seven was Tony Pollard Ken Walker Miles Sanders there he was Miles Sanders Ramondre Stevenson Damian Harris. Uh, it looks like running backs were went a little bit earlier in this draft. All right, anyone else? Yeah, I'll close out with just the the last three guys on my on my avoid list. It's T.J. Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, and Zach Ertz, the tight end group. And I don't want to throw Darren Waller on this, but I kind of do because I'm super weirded out by his entire offseason. Missing days, comes back to practice, and is out again the next day. Had weird injuries last year as an older prospect in general who broke out at a late age, and now is Devontae Adams with him alongside one of arguably the maybe five, six worst offensive lines in football, low key, no one's talking about it, but it could really screw the Raiders this year. So I'm probably avoiding him too, but I'm definitely avoiding what I consider the quote unquote, I'll I'll term it this, Adam, the dead zone of tight ends, that (laughs) middle tight ends. When you start to use those round six through eight picks at tight end, instead of just using your last round pick, because I just don't know if I see enough of a difference with the Hawkinson Schultz Ertz of the world versus the guy you're going to get in the last round at tight end or the guy you're going to pick off the waiver wire for matchups. Yeah, I, I see it very differently. I know that a lot of waiver wire guys will end up being good. Um, that's that's not the best way to say it. But over the, I've given this that before. Over the last four years, 50% of the top five or six tight ends 
uh, each year, you know, so that's, I don't remember if it's top five or top six, but half of them have been ra- drafted in round 12 or later. So it just happens right. all the time. The Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon's of 2020, the Dalton Schultz of 2021. Yep. Uh, but I like Dalton Schultz a lot in round six. I was reading uh, one beat writer saying Dalton Schultz is going to catch a hundred passes this year. He's very involved right now. I like Dalton Schultz a lot in round six. I did take him in that IDP draft in round seven, actually, uh, third pick of round seven. Um, Ertz is like around eight or nine guy for me before I have to dip into the unproven Cole Komets. Um, I, yeah, I just don't really agree. I, actually, for me, I've been avoiding Kittle and Waller. I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the players you're passing up to get them at running back and receiver are yes. just too good. And they have too many question marks to me. If you do, if you, I mean, what you said is, is true. One, about 50% of those, those tops, uh, five, six tight ends come from undrafted, essentially round 12 or later, which is basically undrafted in a sense. I mean, that's including a lot of free agents in there, but also historically, typically these round five through eight tight ends have just not done well historically. I mean, we have a lot of examples in recent years. So what makes you, is it just the guy specifically? You just really like these players? Well, I or really, Schultz. I really like Schultz. Schultz, yeah. Okay, so it's Schultz. And you know, Mark Andrews did come out of that range last year. We, we've seen, yep. uh, so we've seen some success stories there. I really like Schultz. I like to wait longer on Goddard and Hawkinson. Uh, I don't really like them at their ADP, but I'm not opposed to taking them because again, it's really to me, it's always about have I built the core of my team at running back and wide receiver? Not always, but often. Uh, if I'm going to stray to tight end, I, I want to feel good about my running backs and wide receivers, or at least my wide receivers. Because I could take Dalton Schultz in round six and then grab Miles Sanders in round seven, hopefully as an RB3, but maybe as an RB2 if I have, like, you know, Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? So yep. um, I just want to feel good about my team, specifically at wide receiver, a little bit less so at running back. And then, you know, and then I don't really care too much about ADP once I get into round seven, eight, or whatever. I'll just kind of take what I need because I, I do think you start to see the, the end of potentially great players. It's, it, I think what you're seeing for me, it's always about don't pass up potentially great players to fill a position. Um, you know, so once I feel like those great players are off the board, I guess I'm just not as concerned, which is why I'll, I'm fine taking Zach Ertz. I don't feel like when I take Zach Ertz in round eight or nine, I don't feel like I'm passing up on potential superstars personally. Uh, hey, you're not stars, by the way. <laughs> not superstars. Yeah. All right. That's uh that's it for that conversation. Thank you, Dan Schneier. Uh, we have an email of the day, <laughs> which isn't a fun one. Email of the day comes from John. Why does Dan want to fight Adam so much? The hate is palpable. Can we have them battle in sumo suits or something? Maybe an idea to raise money for charity. <laughs> now, that's this is a perfect. I do. Yeah, go ahead. I do you that. Saying? I would definitely do that for charity. No problem. We should consider something for some kind of battle royale for charity for St. Jude right here. We got another few weeks. Maybe we can craft it up. But there is no actual hate for Adam. I actually really love the guy. He's a great person and he's done a really nice thing to help me get me more involved in FFT. Now, as far as our shtick on the show goes, and it is just a shtick, I want to say this because I have seen this from Adam and I think he's cherry picking emails. I've seen from other listeners, people say, Adam gives it back to you. All right. There was a live stream on Tuesday where Adam's like, I like all the teams in this draft, except for Schneier. (laughs) There were little comments made like that throughout the draft. So just keep in mind, really consider, take a step back and think about it. Is it really just me dishing it all out and Adam taking it? Or is Adam doing some of the dishing and me doing a good job of taking it better maybe than Adam? That's the question you have to ask yourself <laughs> as we move forward. Uh, I want everybody to know that I have construction going out of my house, and I'm currently inhaling. A, it smells like paint fumes right now. Oh, bestos, nice. So I Bestos. don't quite know where I'm going to be. Somebody hooked this guy up with Salino and Barnes. <laughs> I think it's just Salino now. That's a very good Northeastern uh, yeah. America reference. Do you there. know what happened there? I don't need to take too much time on this, but there's some weird, there's weird circumstances surrounding Barnes's death. Now it's just Salino. Oh, I didn't know he died. And, I'm sorry yes, to hear that. Barnes died in a plane crash, and, and it's just a little weird. They oh. worked together for a long time, and then Salino kind of takes over. Yeah, so they, they're, they're injury <laughs> attorneys, 1-800-888-8888. I could sing the song, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Uh, all right. Anyway, here here are your news and notes. 
talked about some of this on the Friday episode, and we're recording this at Friday. It is noon, so now I'm going to say afternoon, noon Eastern. Uh, Bucks head coach Todd Bowles has no timetable for Tom Brady's return. Your level of concern about the Bucks passing game right now? Uh, this is a weird one, right? Because it's Tom Brady. He's so old. You're, he almost he retired and unretired this offseason. But I think we'd have a little more smoke if that was even in play. So I'm just not going to move these players down at all. Have you downgraded them or have you kind of shied away from drafting any of them? Not yet. I okay. I think he'll be back. And I don't think he needs any training camp. So no, he, should be I, he definitely doesn't need that. Deshaun Watson suspended 11 games. He is required to comply with a professional evaluation and treatment plan. And if he does not comply with that, the suspension could get extended. But we have no reason to think it won't be 11 games, which is 12 weeks in fantasy. Matthew Stafford said his elbow feels good. Sean McVay did not say that Stafford was completely pain-free. But it does seem like things are moving in the right direction there. And Jets head coach Robert Sala did not rule out Zach Wilson for week one. It is expected that he will miss week one. Uh, and who knows how much longer. But it shouldn't be too, too long for Zach Wilson. The scary thing there is if you read all the beat reports coming out of Jersey, the Jets offense is moving better than it has the entire camp now with Flacco. So that's the scary part. It was better last year without Wilson. And did we see yeah. a lot of Wilson in the first game? No, it was a drive and a half, but he stunk. Oh, my God, was it a bad drive and a half? He, the interception he threw, he snapped the football, turned completely to his right, stood there for a second and a half, and then it telegraphed a slant that was just jumped yeah. by the linebacker easily. I mean, he needs reps. And he, and he, I mean, he overthrew a ball in the flat for five yards. That was four yards over the receiver's head. It was scary. <laughs> it's not a joke. Back. Go look at the tape. I know, I he's, he's not good right now. Running back, Melvin Gordon said the team wants Javante Williams to be the guy, uh, but that they will rotate. I did talk about this on the Friday show. It seemed like Dave, Jamie, and Heath still don't want to take Javante Williams in round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson continues to get some work in the passing game, but Ty Montgomery is still ahead of him there. And Montgomery is definitely, you know, maybe in a PPR league, your last pick. He, he might he might get, you know, four catches or so. Or he might get you eight points in a pinch in PPR. Yeah. And there's also a little bit more upside than that, right? Because this James White role has been an incredibly valuable yeah. fantasy role in PPR league. Someone is, it might be, a, like you said, it might be a, a bit of him, a bit of Stevenson, we'll see. But if it is one person, that's a valuable role for fantasy. Miles Sanders missed another practice on Thursday with a hamstring injury. Not sure about Friday, but he's nursing a hamstring injury. Miles Sanders. James Robinson, I did talk about this with Jamie. Jamie's much higher on ETN than Dan is, for example. But James Robinson, Looks like he's going to be ready for week one. Florida Times Union thinks he'll be brought along slowly, but eventually Robinson will be the lead running back for the Jaguars. Uh, Jalen Warren is a name to know. He's a rookie running back for the Steelers, and he might be the number two guy there behind Najee Harris. And the Athletic had a you know a lot of stuff on the Bills offense. At running back, it could be a three-man committee, and that could be Zach Moss in short yardage. So buyer beware on Devin Singletary, which Dan has been saying for months now. Uh, yeah, I, I want to add one thing. I did watch that the Bills preseason. Zach Moss looks fresh. He looks explosive. He looks better than I've seen him at really any point in the NFL. Reminded me a bit of his college tape. Okay. Devin Singletary did not play in that game. Yep. Uh, most The starters basically didn't. At wide receiver, Chiefs are a little beat up with McCole Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster, but they're not serious injuries. Some rookies to know who are having good camps, Alec Pierce for the Colts and Kyle Phillips for the Titans. Did you bring him up a couple weeks ago? You did, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I love Kyle Phillips. All right. Devontae Devontae Smith had a huge joint practice against Cleveland. Boy, I should have said that differently. Sorry about that. (laughs) Devontae Smith was great during a joint practice against Cleveland. And a reminder that Devontae Smith still has the uh, the potential (laughs) to be great. You know, it's tough. I don't really know how to evaluate them. It's so weird because how much pass volume will there even be there? Can Jalen Hurts support two receivers in a heavy pass volume attack? And the tight end, you know, I and Goddard. They've got a lot of talent. I mean, they are. They should win the NFC East. They should. If Jalen Hurts really breaks out, they are Super Bowl contenders. If he if he breaks out, I mean, he really needs needs to be good. Uh, Michael Pittman was a beast during joint practices with the Lions. Oh yeah. The Athletic, again, that article about the Bills, there isn't much standing in the way of both Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis playing 90-plus 90 per, 90 percent of the snaps. Ooh. Yeah. 
Uh, and just a tight end note there, O.J. Howard, according to Joe Biscaya of The Athletic, has not doesn't appear to be an immediate threat to Dawson Knox for playing time. CeeDee Lamb, not practicing, should be back next week. Michael Gallup ran routes for the first time since tearing his ACL on January 2nd. And Kadarius Toney will not play this weekend, but he is participating in individual drills. Two tight end notes, Austin Hooper of the Titans. Mm. Seems like he's having a good camp. And Ryan Tannehill's chemistry with Austin Hooper is building. We're going to put him in the breakfast club. That's the don't you forget about me club, Austin Hooper. (laughs) And Minnesota tight end Irv Smith remains on track to play week one despite a thumb injury. You like that, the, uh, the breakfast club? I like the motion you did with your arm while you were doing. You did like, yeah, like don't for, don't you? Well, you've seen the movie, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it's always an awful movie. I mean, I'm sure it's it was so overrated. Why do people 80s? think that's such a good movie? Because they grew up with it and it was good then, oh, okay. but it's so bad uh, if you've never seen it before. But at the very end, they do. You know, what's his yeah. name? Does the what's his name? That's like the payoff. Like I was waiting for a payoff the entire movie. I guess that was it. Yeah, the fact that you don't have to watch the movie anymore—that's the payoff. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break here. Fantasy cops joining us when we come back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back on Fantasy Football Today here to settle your league disputes. If you have a league issue or a bad commissioner, or maybe you're the commissioner, and you have bad ma- or maybe you stink. Who knows? Uh... Send us an email to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We do have a comment here that I just want to read from Jeff Stanley. No worse entertainment takes than Dan's. Would have to agree. Wow, Jeff. (laughs) What? Can we talk about this a little more, Jeff? I had a great take about... Just don't put it back up, Adam. We saw it already. It was already flashed on the screen once. That's all we needed. Jeff, you need to reconsider this. What are so bad about my entertainment takes? I had a great take about Cheers. I, had a, I mean, not Cheers, but it was Frasier. What else have Frasier's I done? Frasier's not bad. Frasier's really not bad. You didn't even know anything about Frasier. You thought it took place in New York City. <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> a great take, Dan. Yeah. Like uh, a yeah, right. full house. In, uh, oh, let's in, follow in Yuppie around and watch his life. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the fantasy cops here. Send us an email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Put fantasy cops in the subject. I'll line. remember that, Jeff. The first email comes from uh, Tim Frost. He says, Dear Charles, Patrick, Navarro, and Fred. Uh, linebackers on the 49ers. Oh, good Dang. for you. That was good. Way to go. <sighs> help Finally. me make this... Help make this make sense. I'm in a keeper league where you keep two players a year of the value you drafted them at. It's a $200 salary cap uh draft with a $200 budget. All right, so you keep two players at the value you drafted them at, and you add $5 each year. The problem is that last year, someone cut Christian McCaffrey, and since he was taken off of waivers, you can keep him at his ADP. The way I assumed ADP worked was his average value of either last year or this year. That makes sense. The commissioner informed me that ADP stands for average draft price for the position, so he averaged the value of every running back drafted and came to the number of $26 out of 200 So by this logic, even someone who wanted to keep Cordero Patterson after getting him off of waivers would have to pay $26. I seem to be the only one who seems, that, who seems to think that this rule is ridiculous. Am I taking crazy pills? Please help me make sense of this. 
No, you're not taking crazy pills. This is a horrific rule. And you need to readjust. You need to talk to the commissioner and readjust how he does his auction. There's a very simple way to do it. You can do it where you draft the players and they go up by a percentage every year. That's how we do it. They go up by 25% for the first year, round it up, and 50%. Now, as far as free agents go, we add a just a flat rate of plus $10 to any free agent pickup. But if a player like Christian McCaffrey is dropped, we have a rule in place which is fixes this whole problem you have, which is essentially – any player cannot be kept for less than their original draft price. Either it's the higher of either original draft price or the free agent price, because you don't want a situation where now somebody's keeping Christian McCaffrey for $26 and it's screwing up your entire auction for no reason, just because you didn't have any rules in place. Well, there has to be a specific rule about what happens with players on waivers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just, that has to be there, but there isn't in this case. So what do we do here? What do you do? Well, no, there is, there, is, there is a rule. There is a rule. The yeah, rule is it's the rule. average, it's the ADP, <laughs> which he thought would be the average of McCaffrey's last two ADPs, but average draft price, but instead it's the average of every running back. I don't even know, man. No, it's got to be McCaffrey's price. Like, how, how could you think that every. The original draft price yeah. is fine. Right. Plus $5. How, how could plus you. Plus five th- or whatever you're. How could the commissioner yeah. think that the average of every running back would make sense makes there any for, sense. for a waiver yeah. wire guy? Right? I mean, yeah. It's just it's just wild. It's, it's a bad rule. Jason in Saskatoon. Dear Riggs, Murtaugh, McLean, and Traven. Ooh, I don't know. No who, shot on that one. I don't know who Traven is. You don't know who Riggs and Murtaugh are? No. Who are they? Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I don't you know I don't do movies. Oh, okay. So we should definitely take your. So we should take entertainment advice from the guy who's. But, I, I, but I've seen every elite show in the history of the book and have. And <laughs> you know, I don't TV. take movies. Yeah, I, I'm I feel a TV like TV guy. TV is the better. TV is by far away the better medium. I feel like. Um, the Wire is the greatest show of all fantasy, time. You're right. If you're on fantasy football <laughs> today, you you need to have seen Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. It's just all right. I'll watch them. I've seen Die Hard. All right. Good. Hopefully That's not, great. Not on Christmas. Oh, Lethal Weapon's great, too, by the way. I have a league issue. The day before our Superflex Dynasty auction salary cap startup draft, a manager said he couldn't make it. We oh, didn't oh, have oh. anyone to draft for him, so we attempted to auto-draft. The no. auto-draft dropped his whole budget on Kyler, yep. Jefferson, Javante, and Najee Harris. The rest of his 25-man roster, that's a lot of people by the way it's a dynasty auction startup the rest of his 25 man roster scrubs we offered him half price buy in for the next 5 years of the league but when he saw his team he quit the league <laughs> i don't know that we can find someone to take over the team what options do we have <laughs> oh my god this is such a disaster in so many ways first of all for those who don't know now you've learned you cannot do an auto drafter for auction or for salary cap drafts you have to have everyone there because the auto drafter just bids up Every of the all the big beginning players, so they run out of budget. It's just like a simple computer algorithm that doesn't have any nuance to it. So start with that. Now, secondly, if this guy wasn't gonna be able to make your salary cap draft, you should have either redone the draft or found someone before the draft. They couldn't. He, now he that gave him one day notice. Yeah, and then you just have to reschedule the draft. I mean, this is a terrible move by the guy giving one day notice and then deciding to quit after not liking his auto-drafted team. He should have found someone to draft for him, but now what do you do now that you're in this position? That's the tough part. No one's going to probably want to take this orphan team. Having said that, you are putting out a good offer here. I mean, five years, a half price is pretty damn pretty good. So I'd say, you know, try to reach out to people first, but I don't know what's going to happen here. I would say give him three years at no price, but don't make him eligible to win the pot. Like, you know, let him play, but he can't, or maybe just if he wins, he gets 10%. He's not going to win. The problem with that is it does change the entire fabric of the league because he'll now be incentivized to sell off all of his players because he doesn't need to win at all for those first three years. He's not even paying and he oh. could just trade, 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 trade for the future. But this team needs to do team. that anyway. Yeah, but then he's not paying for the three years of bad and then he just has a loaded team when he enters the league for what? For missing the draft and notifying his league a day before he gets a reward? But he's, he's no the penalty is he doesn't I, really I get to stand for that. All right, fine. This, I, I gotta say, I gotta be honest with no you. No reward. I gotta send this over to the FBI because the fantasy cops. I just have nothing. <laughs> I got nothing here. I got nothing. Uh, this is really tough. This sucks. But yeah, I, I think your offer was fair. You could consider letting him in for free. He's he's not gonna win the league. Um, 
no. you know, that that's an option. I mean, there's no way this team is going to win. So you could just say, all right, play for free. But after a few years, you got to pay, you know? All right. Yep. Let's, uh, well, let's thank the fantasy cops. Thank you, fantasy cops, for your help. And thank you all for your emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Maybe the best way to get your question read on the air is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. And within that review, please tell everybody who's going to see it why you like our show. And also, uh, uh, your question. There you go. I like the show because the host gets lost in the middle of his sentences and doesn't know what he's talking about. So, yeah, leave your question, but also tell us not just your question, but why you like the show. Because we, we're trying to gain more listeners and viewers. All right, Apple Podcasts. This one comes from More Kokomo. Dear Cooper, Calvin, Chris, and Stefan. Cooper Cup, Calvin Johnson, Stefan Diggs. I don't know. They're wide receivers. Chris Carter. I think the industry uh, is under... Nope. No? Nah, just go on, go on. <laughs> I think the industry is underrating Mike Williams. He finished top 12 last year. He's in a pass-heavy offense with a top quarterback in the league. No tight end, no true third wide receiver to take targets. The only one standing in his way to be a lead is an aging Keenan Allen, who's 30 now. When looking for breakouts, Mike Williams is the perfect one to take over guys like Pittman, Moore, A.J. Brown. Um, yeah, that's the question. That's the comment. Yeah, I love this. I mean, I'm a big fan of Mike Williams as well. I have him in my green, which is my target list. I think you nailed it here. To add a little more context to this, Keenan Allen's yards per route run have now dropped in three consecutive years. It was an all-time low last year. I want to throw that in. This offense still has more room to grow. They have what my opinion is the most talented young quarterback in the NFL, save for maybe Patrick Mahomes. And I'll say save for, yes, Patrick Mahomes. But with it, an offensive line that's only improving. They drafted Zion Johnson, the best offensive lineman in this entire draft class. I think overall, maybe maybe you can put those tackles ahead of him. But man, he's hit the ground running at guard, and he's been awesome. So I love everything about the trajectory here. Now, Williams had a weird season, Adam. Like He was amazing at first and probably above that even wide receiver 12 range, then tailed off and picked it back oh, up. Yeah. So consistency might always be kind of an issue for him, but they are using him on different routes than they ever used him before Herbert and uh, Lombardi got there. So now he's being used on more slants, more inbreakers, more of those high percentage routes that are quick, easy completions. So I think he has more PPR upside than he had in his profile earlier in his career. So I'm with you, man. I love Williams as a breakout type. What you said about the routes is everything to me. I've talked about this in the first five games of the season. He was the number two wide receiver in fantasy. He, he had 82 or more yards in four or five games. Number two wide receiver in fantasy with a one for 11 game against the Raiders in week four. Two fantasy points. Um, after that, he was not a top 40 wide receiver. And the big difference is the ADOT. If they're going to use him on different routes, which they did at the beginning of the year, I'm sorry if I've heard this a million times, then Mike Williams is going to be awesome. If he's just going to be a downfield guy, mostly a downfield guy, then he's going to be inconsistent. So that's a big question. Uh, I'm starting to feel like I was way too low on him and should try to try to draft him a little bit more because he's going to get a ton of targets. He had 129 and 16 games last year. So he could definitely get 140 targets this year. And uh, I, I also could see Justin Herbert. I was thinking about this. I haven't drafted Justin Herbert. I probably won't draft Justin Herbert, not because it's him, just because I don't take the second or third quarterback off the board typically. It just wouldn't surprise me if he threw 50 touchdowns, 5,300 yards, won the MVP. He's so good. Uh, yeah. And Mike Williams could definitely benefit from that. Okay, next question. Losing my voice here. Breathing in pain fumes. I apologize. <laughs> uh, from This is from Cody. I'm having trouble differentiating between a tier of Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, and A.J. Brown. And I'll just leave it at that. How do you differentiate? It is a tough tier. It's a great tier. Evans, Moore, Pittman, Brown. Yeah, okay. I'll try to differentiate them a little bit. I think the floor play here will and always will and should always be Evans and DJ Moore. DJ Moore has proven that he earns he earns targets and he's going to have a high reception count. And I think he gets a little bit of a quarterback upgrade. Evans is a flip side of that. He's not as much of a target earner, but he is maybe one, two, th one of the two, three best red zone wide receiver artist in the NFL. He's going to get touchdowns. He gets them every year. So I think they have the floor. Now you have more of the ceiling plays right here with Michael Pittman, who we haven't seen it really, but he's having an unreal camp and is a talent I love coming out of the draft and does 
probably have an upgrade with Matt Ryan, but I think you can argue that the ceiling might be a little overstated. Adam, I'm curious to get your take on that because this still is a run first team that operates through Jonathan Taylor. It's not like it's a super high pass volume team. I know the target should be funneled in his direction. I get that. But at the same time, that is in mind. But then you have A.J. Brown, who obviously is the highest ceiling of all. If he's the best talent of this group, in my opinion, if Jalen Hurts takes that big step, then A.J. Brown could take that step too. But I actually feel like A.J. Brown has the lowest floor. He's a player I'm not drafting too much of because my thoughts on this, Adam, is Jalen Hurts already has the rapport with Devontae Smith from last year. Is there a non-zero chance in my mind that Devontae Smith could at least earn the same maybe more of a target share than A.J. Brown? For me, the answer is yes. The rapport is already there. I know that sounds crazy, but that's just how I see it. And A.J. Brown also has some troubling injury history. I mean, he's had multiple procedures done on the lower body that no one's talking about now, but they've cropped up in every season. So he would be the highest floor ceiling guy for me. So how would you rank them? So I would personally rank that group one Pittman, two more three Evans, four Brown. But I know that's unorthodox. Brown is typically the highest ranked. I'd probably go more Evans, Pittman, Brown. Okay. I don't yeah, think any of Pittman. I don't think any of them should go past the thirtieth pick. I mean, they're all mm-hmm. really good. They could go as early as late round two in a twelve team league, and I don't think they should make it past the middle of round three. I mean, going back to our last question, I I might put Williams over all of them. I don't know. I like Williams a lot. Like, just think about the Williams in that sense, right? He's going later, obviously, yeah. but do you definitely like those four over Williams? Yes, but okay. I could definitely see myself being because wrong. Because Keenan Allen? Yeah, because of Keenan Allen and because of Mike yeah. Williams. I mean, you know, the one thing that yeah. scares me about Mike Williams is Corey Davis and Devontae Parker. Right. They did the same exact thing. They they had huge years in their contract years, and they were both first-round NFL draft picks, and they had their best season. And then they got new deals, and they haven't been... Well, Davis got a huge deal from the Jets. Um, I guess Parker probably got a new deal, too, right? Because he got traded to the Patriots. Um, I don't think he ever got a new deal, no. He never got a new new deal. He must have. Because this is... Well, but anyway, first-round wide receivers going in in their contract year, explode, huge season, and didn't live up to it the next year. So, that I don't know. I mean, And I really like that take from you, Adam, because they also have a lot of similarities in their profile, right? They all yeah. have an injury history, and they're all receivers who win uh, with contested catch situations and, and their body strength and, you know, control, things like that in the air, body control, less than, like, kind of, like, speed and separation. Right, right. Um, so, I, the guy that you said, Mike Williams, the guy for me that jumps in this tier is Cortland Sutton. Oh, I love Sutton, too. But I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't feel strongly about any one of those guys, I think they're all really damn good. They're all great picks. Don't be afraid to take two of them. And I could sit here and say, oh yeah, DJ Moore is my favorite, but he could be last in this group. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It's a great tier and you should be dipping in it. Uh, From Sosa 80, 17 team guillotine super flex tight end premium. Wow. Any advice for this? Uh, let me look at it. Let me think about it. 17 team guillotine super flex. Uh, my advice here is if you can get one of the only, you know, you've get one of those three tight ends. If you have any opportunity to get one of Kelsey Andrews or Pitts, do it. So start with that. Uh, other than that, draft quarterbacks, draft three, get three, no matter what super flex. So you're going to need to, if you yeah. can get three, get three, get two for sure. Your uh, first three tight or end four premium, picks though. should be, yeah, don't okay, your first that. three or four picks. But if you don't get one of those those elite tight ends, I'm kind of okay waiting. But you got to get the quarterbacks. It's their 17-team league. There's only 32 that start every week. So there's in this draft, like, Adam, I don't know if I would take Christian or whoever you want to say, Jonathan Taylor, at all for the first 24 picks. I don't know if he'd be in my range. I just don't know that there's value to, like, having him. Because you're gonna if you don't take him and you take a quarterback, you're still going to get, like, Joe Mixon or something like that. Yeah, I can't really give guillotine advice because you know there's going to be great players on the waiver wire every single week basically. That's true too. Um I wouldn't stray too far from a typical superflex tight end premium strategy just because it's guillotine put it that way. Uh but 17 team league, you know, that's that's tough. So I'd take advantage of the depth at, at quarterback and you know, I'd probably for me deeper leagues deeper leagues I I go a little more running back heavy just cuz they're they're mm. so hard to find on waiver wire. 
However, like I said, it is a guillotine league, so they'll be on the waiver wire every week, but you're competing against so many other people. All right, from Cox 25 three-receiver PPR league. Am I crazy to like Justin Jefferson uh, third overall behind McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor? Not at all. I've made the case before that if you love a breakout wide receiver, your number one wide receiver in full point PPR, I've made the case that there is an argument to me he should be going number one overall. Just look at what Cooper Cup did last year in full point PPR scoring. And this is the type of season we're talking about. This is obviously how you feel about Justin Jefferson this year. And I get it. The breakout could be coming. But if you look at what Cup did last year from an overall scoring standpoint in full point PPR, he was the number one player, right? He was the number one pick and he was the person you wanted on your team. So I think the case can be made. You can take him at three. You can take him at one. You can take him at two. If you feel this strongly about Jefferson, it's easy to see why. I like it. Yesterday in the IDP league we did, which is a three-receiver PPR league. Don't even worry about the IDP factor. I'm just calling it the IDP league. Um, Joe Pisapia, Fantasy Pros, took Justin Jefferson second. Mm. Uh, I had the third pick, so I was thrilled to get McCaffrey, but he took Jefferson second, and his team ended up like this. Josh Allen, Javante Williams, Kareem Hunt, uh, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddell. Pretty damn good so far. Yeah. Irv Smith is his tight end and Austin Hooper on the bench. Uh, he also has, because a little weak at running back with Javante and Kareem Hunt. Uh, he has Tony Pollard, Hunter Ren, uh Tony Pollard is a, he only has four running backs. Kadarius Tony, Hunter Renfro, Sky Mordrick. So basically, Josh Allen, Javante Williams, Kareem Hunt, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddell, Irv Smith, starting lineup. Pretty Not bad. Good. Okay, all right. Let's go to Joe from a suburb of Detroit. And he said, go Giants. Adam is the best host ever. And that's how you get your question read <laughs> on the show. Uh, keeper question. PPR 10 teams. Keep one for this year and next year. Justin Jefferson in the third. Debo Samuel in the ninth. And Michael Pittman in the 12th. Full PPR 10-team league. Okay, so we're picking. You can keep one of them. Yep, for this Ooh, year this and is next tough. year. Uh, this is always tough for me because it's so funny. You have to make the decision between Justin Jefferson and the third, which is just so fun and awesome. But then you're just giving up so much value with Debo in the ninth and Pittman in the twelfth. I think Pittman. for me, it's Pittman. Adam, oh, I was going to say Debo in the ninth. I mean, we, I think, you know, some of us have Pittman ranked ahead of Debo. I would take Debo, but in full PPR. I guess there's honestly not a big difference between the ninth and the twelfth round in a full PPR league in a ten, in a ten team league, right? I wouldn't worry about that value. So I guess I would take the wide receiver. I would not take Jefferson. I would take Debo yeah. or Pittman, whoever you like better. Same. Uh, this is from another Jamie from a small town in Southwest Montana. I couldn't tell you. Superflex. <laughs> he said because my mom wanted a girl too. Yeah, the name, name of Jamie. <laughs> Superflex uh, redraft, uh, six point per passing touchdown. There are some bonuses here. With the first pick in a Superflex league, do I go, what kind of quarterbacks? All right, so he's got five point bonus for 300 to 399 passing yards yep. and a 10 point bonus for 400 plus passing yards in a game. So he's got the first pick. Does he go with the Brady, Stafford, Carr, Burrow types? Or the more rush-heavy guys, Alan Lamar types. Wow. Yeah, I think I think what he's trying to say is, look, does it does the do these bonuses offset some of the gain that you get from the rushing type quarterbacks? Yes. I think, and I think the answer is yes. But I think you can still take a player like Josh Allen one-one with this pick because Josh Allen comes from the Bills' offense, and all they care about doing is throwing. They threw the ball on in neutral situations more than any team last year. They are just a team that doesn't care that much about running the ball, and even drafting James Cook this year that means dump offs. That's those are count as passes. So I still go with Allen here, but I can make the case for Herbert. Too. I would take You're, Herbert. I think, yeah, I would take Herbert here. I think he might throw for like five, six hundred more yards. Might have one or two more three hundred yard games. That's two more games where he has five more fantasy points. Um, that's what Maybe. I would do. But yeah, I, this kid, this really hurts Lamar Jackson. Yes, it does. Wild scoring. Okay, from Joe. Joe needs keeper help. We get a lot of Midwest entries. Yeah, we do. It's, it's interesting. I'm, 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 I appreciate that. I, I went to school in the Midwest, so I love all you people out there. Some of the nicest people in the world, Adam. I know. I went to St. Louis, and they were the nicest people, Such I good ever, people. really ever. 
Okay, Joe says, which three do you keep in a half PPR league? 10th overall pick. So Justin Jefferson in round one, Justin Herbert in round six, Leonard Fournette in round eight, Travis Etienne in round 15. Easy. Half PPR. Throw back Herbert. You get three. Throw back you Herbert. Throw back Herbert. Yeah, you throw back Herbert. All right, this is from Grant. Yeah, you throw back Herbert. Grant says, DSTs. Based on early strength of schedule, which DST should we be targeting this year? Well, I do like the Titans in week one. They have the Giants. And then they have the Bills, so I wouldn't go with them. If we're looking for two good matchups to start the year, um, Baltimore has the Jets and the Dolphins. That's probably not good enough. How about Carolina? Carolina has Cleveland and the Giants to start the year, and then the that's Saints. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's really not bad. Um, Cleveland. Cleveland has Carolina and the Jets. That's not terrible. Denver has Seattle and Houston, and they're just really good anyway. So there are three names for you. What did I say? I said Carolina, Cleveland, Cleveland and Denver. Denver. I like them. Those are all good matchups. And Drew is in a $200 PPR keeper league. Four point per passing touchdown. Keep three. Javante for 28. Waddle for nine. Trey Lance for seven. Gabe Davis for five. I am going with Javante, Waddle, and Davis. Mm -hmm, Me too. And a couple more here from Carl. And that's funny because me and Adam love Lance, but just in a one QB league, we just can't do it. Uh, from Carl, my home league is two running back, two wide receivers, and a flex. It is non-PPR, four-point per passing touchdown. What is your strategy in this format? I usually load up on running back, but I haven't done so well in this league lately. I used to dominate it. Yeah, Carl, look, it's, this will be a good discussion for me and Adam because, look, it's the two-receiver format, which Adam has talked about at length, how he likes to not go receivers earlier in this format. It is non-PPR. It seems to scream go running back, but I don't know. I still feel like I went straight too far from my draft board and my overall players yeah. here. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't want to take, you don't want to take, uh, say James Connor over Mike Evans, I would say, or maybe that's not the greatest example. You don't want to take, I know what, I know what you're saying. Like you don't want to push up the Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Yeah. Of the world. Think, think about a, a PPR draft. If there's a running back that's going like two or three rounds behind a wide receiver, you still should not take him ahead of that wide receiver in a non PPR right. draft. Like don't don't move running backs up that much. You do, you need good wide receivers. I, I would go running back heavy. I would have two running backs in my first three picks, for sure. But well, not for sure. But most likely. But yeah, I mean, don't don't go too crazy. <laughs> and finally, from bless you, from BD five thirty one peeper uh, peeper uh, keeper question in a PPR league: two wide receivers and two flexes. Would you take T. Higgins in round six or Jalen Hurts in round 12? Keeper league, regular, no super flex. I'm taking T. Higgins. Let's read some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This one comes from Matt Smith. I haven't heard you talk too much about these players. Do you think that Davis Mills and Brevin Jordan could take big leaps in year two? Davis Mills and his tight end, Brevin Jordan, from the University of Miami. Yeah, I like this call here because Davis Mills is a quarterback who was much better than people realized last year as a rookie. We look at all these rookie seasons. We give excuses for everyone, Zach Wilson, whoever it may be. Mills didn't need those excuses. He didn't have anything around him. And yet oh, he had Brandon Cooks besides Brandon Cooks. And despite that, he put together some really good tape. He throws a really good ball. He processes better than most of these young quarterbacks. And I kind of like him too, especially with Pep Hamilton over there. Um, and then finally, Brevin Jordan. This is probably the profile I think you want for these light tight end stashes because he's hyper athletic, uber athletic type prospect. Those are typically the, the typical breakouts rather than kind of these slow lumbering tight ends who seem to be getting a lot of snaps. So they move up your maybe like the Robert Tunyon types I'm thinking of. Um, so, yeah, I do kind of like targeting the athletic type of guys for yeah. the late round tight end stashes. He was the number one tight end prospect in college and he was a late draft pick. You, because mean, you mean going into college? You going, mean going into college. Into yeah, 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 yeah. From high school. Yeah. He, yeah, because he's in the same class as Kyle Pitts. So, but same, yeah, so same, NF, same NFL draft class. I don't know. Definitely I don't know if he's number one in college. Yeah, same yes. NFL draft class. I don't know if he was in the same high school class. But yeah, Brevin Jordan was a great prospect. Had a really good career, but he's small. So that's why he fell in the draft. He's not going to be yep. a blocker. 
But yeah, he, I think he could definitely enter the streaming discussion for sure. I don't think he's going to be a must-start guy. But maybe. You never know. Remember, half those half the top five tight ends are round 12 right. or later. This is from... What's your name? John in Ohio. All right, so we don't grade drafts very often. But let's see how John did from the 12 spot. Do you like this team? It is a 2QB league. Two wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, and a flex. Oh my I mean, god! I would love it in a one QB league. How I'm so it? confused by how Burrow's going this late in the. This two is QB not league. a two QB league. And where did he? He must have done a typo here because he didn't. He didn't draft a second QB. He drafted Fields. Oh, Fields! Never mind. This but is he, great. You yeah, get Burrow and Fields this late in no the two QB league. There's no way. Can you can you uh, reach out to me, please, Joe, and and let me know if there's any openings in this league? Joe Burrow was his eighth round pick, I think. So let's let's pretend this is a one QB league because actually when I read this email I thought it was a one QB league and would be more helpful for people. So okay. how do you feel about this team from the twelve spot? Because I think he crushed it. Uh, Mixon yeah. and Kelsey, <laughs> this is my kind of team. Yeah, Mixon, Kelsey, AJ Brown, and Sutton. Now here's where I would have done something different. Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas and Allen Robinson. I just don't see why you need to go with a fourth wide receiver there instead of a second running back. Oh no, Adam! A second, you're not even. You're not. Don't even tell me you're 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 building your flex because you know this. That guy's a bench player for you. You can only start three wide receivers. Adam, you're looking at this two. Look, it's not just about getting that starting lineup set for week one. There's injuries. There's bye weeks. Yes, no kidding. People that don't break out. That's why you need more running backs. No, no, no. You're going to find running backs on the wire. Hines, Gainwell, you could throw those guys in any game. No, I don't know. Uh, well, Edmund. maybe Hines. But in, no, not a, I don't agree with you on in a half PPR league. I don't know. Well, he get, he did get Chase Edmonds. All right, all right. Sorry, I'll keep reading I it. I love this team. This is an A. Mixon, Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Chase Edmonds, James Robinson, Joe Burrow. I didn't even see James yeah, Robinson, James Robinson's a too. great pick. Let's go. Naeem Hines gave up. All right, but I want to know which tight end was available when you took Allen Robinson. If Dalton Schultz were there. No, they don't. If Dalton Schultz were there, I don't see why you take a fourth wide receiver. Gross. Dalton Schultz over Allen Robinson? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Well, that's actually, that's tough. That's a tough sell. That's a tough sell. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's a great value for for Allen Robinson. Wow. Yeah, you did a great job. so stacked. It's a good job. All right, uh, from Joe. Uh, He's got a friendship strategy suggestion. Friendship strategy is taking two wide receivers on the same team. The Mm. thought is they both have independently, they're both good values where you took them, but one of them, if something happens to the other one, uh, one of them could be a star. Uh, And even if one of them ends up being a bust, you know, it's still worth it to take two of them because you have one must-start player. So... He is suggesting Juju Smith-Schuster in the sixth round and MVS in the eleventh round or later. I think it's a good call. Yeah, we call it wide receiver handcuffing. Um, that's basically what this is. It's similar to the running back handcuffing in a sense. You're you're really banking on the injury because, I mean, you're right. You could still get value out of these guys, probably especially in a good offense. But there's a there's a better chance that one will break out, one will bust, and you're giving yourself less of a chance or more of a chance of that, I guess. But at the same time, like you said, if there's an injury, you just hit a first round, you know, top three round receiver with a six round pick. You're right, and I wouldn't say it's a little different than handcuffing, just because handcuffs often okay. have have no value. You know, you're right. not going to start that guy. He's going to get you're almost no touches. Value. MVS is, you know, you could start him, right? He might he yep. might be better than Juju. I don't think he will, but he might be. He might be, and he might certainly Juju, be Juju's knee acting up again is scaring me. Sure, and he certainly might be better than um, Sky Moore, who's going ahead of him. Well, he's not even practicing with the first team right now. So, this is from Sean. Uh, now that home leagues are going to start drafting soon, I was wondering about some names you don't typically talk about. I found that a good chunk of casual players will read a couple sleeper breakout bus columns and ignore that it's usually ADP. You're right. What what happened there? You're muted. You muted your mic. Whatever you just dropped. Sorry, little technical error. All right. Also, you got to fix your mic settings. We're back. We're back. We're going. We're good. We get. It, it knocked you off your microphone. You're using your computer mic now. So no, I'm on the I'm on the go. good mic go. now. All right. Uh, anyway, that was great. <laughs> I found a good chunk of casual players will read a couple sleeper breakout bus columns and ignore that it's usually ADP value based. And sometimes pushes guys down a few rounds and inflates the price prices of others. So 
Hmm. Who are some guys that you aren't overly excited to draft at their current value that you would be pretty happy about getting a round or two later? Interesting. Yeah. Not excited about their current value, but you get them a round or two later and you're happy. So let's say, I mean, you you brought one up at the beginning, Tyreek Hill. You probably feel that way about him. Um, I would say a couple other guys I'd add to that. Javante Williams. I don't love him at his ADP. We've discussed that in length why. It's just a big price to pay for someone without a full workload. But if he if other people are feeling that way and he drops, that's definitely a player who comes to mind for me, Adam. Um, I would say the same can be said maybe about a player like J.K. Dobbins. I don't love him at his current value, but if he continues to drop, it's another guy I could get on board with there. Let's see who else would, would fit the bill there. Um, yeah. For me, it's it's uh, Elijah yeah, Mitchell. I think everyone's going to okay. be off of him, and he, you know, he's already injured, but I think he's going to have um, a solid season when he's healthy. So if he sneaks into like round eight, I think Elijah Mitchell – um, I think, uh, I had one, uh, Jerry Judy. No, I think he's going to end up going higher. I was going to say somebody, it'll come to me, but I'm trying to think of people that like, that might get pushed down for one reason or another. Maybe they're on a bus. Li- oh, oh, TJ Hawkinson. I don't really like TJ Hawkinson, but he's going 69th overall. He's a round six pick. I mean, there's nice. no chance I would take him, but round eight, I'll take Hawkinson. So that's one guy. I definitely won't be using any round eight picks on Hawkinson this year, I don't think. All right. And that's it for our Apple Podcast questions. We have a few minutes left. YouTube, what's going on, YouTube? Send in your questions. And and can we get somebody to audit how Adam picks the questions? I feel like he picks the comments that he really does like to cherry pick these comments. Before we had one about how awful my entertainment takes were. I mean, come on, Adam. Let's be. What do you want me to do? You want me to pick just all questions or should I pick (laughs) good ones? Here's one from Jeff. Okay. Would you take, oh. if you're going to do the teammate strategy, the friendship strategy, would you go with mm. Juju and Sky more or Juju and MVS? Mm, Juju and Sky for me. Juju and Sky more. Okay. How about from Nitty Nasty? Superflex, half PPR, 10 team league, sixth pick. Do I go quarterback with my first pick and second pick or quarterback then running back? Yeah, this is the, I think like just thinking back to like Scott Fishbowl and other super flexes, you can afford to go with the top running back with that second pick. I did that. A few other teams have done that. And then you're still going to get a decent quarterback coming back around. It won't, it'll probably be past that Trey Lance range. It'll probably be into like the next range, like the Derek Carr range, but it kind of depends how you want your build. Do you want that next tier of running back or do you want the next tier of quarterback? I would go with, the, I would go with the run, the top running back and then take the, 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 whatever's left at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took. Uh, well, I took Jonathan Taylor sixth. I know overall. you. You still got. You still got. Um, what's his? You still I got. I still Lance, got right. Stafford. Stafford was my QB two. Oh, okay. I can't even remember who my QB one was. I think it was Russell was this Wilson. Fishbowl? No, this was a mock draft we did. Okay. I had the sixth pick, and I took Taylor in round one, Russell Wilson or something like that in round two, and Stafford in round three, and I was really happy. But the thing yeah. is, that was a twelve team league. This is a wow. ten team league. I do not think you need to take a running a, a quarterback in round one. If Jonathan Taylor is there in round yeah. one, I would take him because I think you'll get two good quarterbacks. But if you know your league better than I do, obviously, maybe it's crazy quarterback heavy. Um, but I, I think you'll be able to get someone in the Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers range, uh, maybe Kirk Cousins in round three. Uh, from Jonathan, I have Jefferson as a third-round keeper. Should I target... Dalvin Cook as a running back or Adam Thielen in later rounds? Uh, Does having why? Jefferson make you any more likely to take another Viking? No, to be honest. And, and the only other person who would make me more likely to take is Kirk Cousins for the stack. From John Edwards, where would you take Alvin Kamara right now? Yeah, I feel like the FFT team is kind of split on Kamara, right? Some of us are so much higher than others. I am somewhere in the middle, I think, right now with Kamara. I'd probably take a mid Two. What about you, Adam? Oh, uh, I think. Is that high? I'm I'm late first. Okay. And Chris Harris. Chris first. Harris was on the other day, and he thinks he should be a top five pick, top five, top six, or at least it's justifiable. And I agree. What was his case? He's Alvin Kamara. He's the lead okay. running back. He, I mean, I think the only case against Kamara is that he played. He had four games last year where he played fewer than seventy percent of the snaps, and they were the only four games he played with Mark Ingram. 
But mm. the more I think about it, I mean, Mark Ingram is, I think, is 32 years old. Is he <laughs> yeah. really going to be the reason that Alvin Kamara isn't great? <laughs> you know, Dave brought it up. He had his highest, in the games he played with, with Jameis Winston last year, Alvin Kamara, according to Dave, had a higher target share than his career high Drew in Brees target days? Share. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and now Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas wasn't playing, and Chris Olave wasn't playing, and Jarvis Landry wasn't playing. Right, right, right. But he's he's still. I think he's a sixty catch guy, and you know, I I think he's gonna be good. But I'm not gonna take him in the top five because I've seen him. I've seen Alvin Kamara without the touchdowns one year. Right. Uh, that one year, like three years ago, and he was not a top five player. But and, and, you know, and and the, and. He was always on these amazing offenses, but that that year the offense wasn't as good, whatever. But so, or that year he just didn't score the touchdown. So basically, I think he won't have the same type of touchdown upside he used to have. So that pushes him down late round one for me, mid round two for Dan. Okay. Should I keep from Philip? Javante Williams in the fifth or Cam Akers in the 14th? <sighs> I don't like Akers, but Akers in the 14th, the value is just too good. All right. This one's from Quad. Do we like Mike no. Davis? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but if Gus Edwards starts the year on the pup list, yeah, you're right. There's some not... something there. He'll probably get a few, <laughs> get a few carries. Yeah, he might get like eight carries. You never know. Uh, let's see, let's see. Deep dynasty superflex: Flacco or Dalton? <laughs> uh, Flacco. At yeah. least you might get some starts out of him. Hey Dan, oh, it's dynasty too. Wow. In your auction draft tip video with Chris Towers, you spoke on a three-core player draft strategy. Which three wide receivers? With three wide receivers, how many of the three are wide receivers for you in a half PPR league? Also, Adam, great hair day. That seems sarcastic. <laughs> well, you know what? The first comment you ever made to me on when I made like one of my first or second FFT appearances, like, wow, Dan Schneier with the horrible hair, a terrible haircut, terrible hair. I think I said, you know what? I think that I think I said yeah, you, have, you, you have? were the only person who has sloppier hair than me. Right. And can we get some kind of some guys, guys and girls take to the comments from this pod and for the next one on who has better hair, who has less sloppy hair, me or Adam? I don't well, think this is even that's two different questions. That's two different just questions. Look at this. Just look at this beautiful head of hair and then look at that. Just take a quick look at this and then look at that. And yeah. That's all, that's all I need to say. Oh, no, yeah. I have sloppier like- hair, but I also have better hair. That's not you <laughs> better hair. I have better hair than you. Better yeah. hair. <laughs> The Jufro? You like the Jufro? Who likes the Jufro? What do you no think, one. What been do out you of think style you have? for like 10 years. What do you think What's you that? have? You have a Jufro too. This is not a Jufro. This is nice and straight and wavy. Get That's out a, of here. Look at that. Look at that thing. That is nowhere close. I, we need to make. I'm due for a haircut, okay? So this isn't really fair. You're catching me at my worst. I've never seen it better. But let me answer this question right now. <sighs> Um, yeah, you can go all three in, in, in a half point PBR. I do feel like if you want to, you can go all three. It's a little risky. I'd probably, probably my, my build wouldn't be that I like the hero running back build. So one of my three is always a running back. And then I have like two receivers, but typically I will also say I've, I've built a really good auction team with, uh, Travis Kelsey. So if you want to go with tight end as one of your core guys, you can do that too. If you get the elite guy there. Good question here from Max. I'm struggling drafting with the seventh pick. Do you have a preference between Jamar Chase, Dalvin Cook, or Najee Harris in a 12-team half PPR league? Yeah, my preference is Jamar Chase. Do you have a preference there, Adam? I'm going to say Najee Harris. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the workload he got last year, if he gets that workload again, he is guaranteed, guaranteed to be a top 10 running back per game. True. And that is based on every running back over the last five years that has gotten that workload. They all finished top five, and not not quite that, not even that much, uh, but a little bit less. But they all finished top 10 per game um, in full PPR. This is half PPR, so it won't be a problem. So he's super safe. Uh, Cook, to me, is, is you know at the age where I'm starting to worry about a slowdown, and he's always injury prone. I love mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah. So I'd go Najee, Chase, Chase, Cook. Three-receiver league, I'm fine with it. Two-receiver two receiver league, I would take Najee. Okay. Um, okay. I take Najee anyway, but I love Chase, so it's fine. All right. How about uh, some hair co- comments here? <laughs> Dan's wow. Hair. Let's go. This guy's Dan. name is I can't Dan. Adam put this up. Dan. I cannot believe Adam put. Well, this his name is up. Dan. He said Dan's are just better at everything. Uh, Adam has the Paul Rudd slop. It works because he's not balding. <laughs> Adam has more hair, but Dan's is better. More hair. I do have more hair than you. Dan, more effort. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
A little bit of effort. Just kind of comb it over. Adam forgot to comb his hair. I never comb my hair. How early would you take DeAndre Hopkins? This will be our last question. Okay. Ooh, I'm not, I, where are you at on Hopkins this year? I feel like he's at the age where I'm, I'm starting to fade him a little bit more. I see the upside, but you got to keep him on for six games on your bench. You probably can't put him on IR in most leagues. He's not going to be eligible. I don't know. Maybe round eight, nine, ten range. Any, is it higher for you? I don't you? think he'll get there. Yeah, I know he won't get there. So I think he's a round seven guy. Okay. 12-team league. Round eight would be great. I take Alan Lazard over him. Me once too. we get to once we get to the Drake London, Devontae Smith, who else would be in that tier? Um <laughs> do a quick quick little search here. Once we sorry, get to Ty, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Smith, Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, right. Kadarius Yeah, Tony. he's going over all those. Yeah, I, I'll pull the trigger on DeAndre Hopkins ahead of them. Um but what yeah. happened to your Tony love? It's it's faded. No, I like Tony. I just, I think he's in that group after Hopkins. I'm scared of him now. Because I, look, I want him to stay on the field, so Dan. It's ridiculous. I'm more worried about it. That is true, and he's not. he's been injured again. But Daniel Jones has looked so bad. That's the bigger concern for me right now. Hopefully, he can just fix that, I guess. One thing, the one encouraging thing was I thought the you know the best he looked he looked fine he looked fine he didn't look bad he looked fine in, in the, the preseason, preseason game so maybe in the right, game you know is better that but. part sounds all good until you realize the Patriots played zero starters in that game <laughs> on defense right uh, and we'll end with this from Corey Dan's hair would be better if he weren't a Giants fan wow a typical Cowboys Eagles fan here look <laughs> I get it but if you're a Cowboys fan just go ahead. Turn to your right and look for your VCR. You should have it somewhere in your house. You can play your last Super Bowl. You can play your last Super Bowl run there on your VCR. It should be somewhere there. So go go find that. That was awesome. And I don't even know. Yeah, they, I guess for Washington fans too. Uh, yeah, get that who VCR. knows the last time that was? They might have still been Betamax at that point. That was that they were that was VCR territory. That was what nineteen ninety one. I think the they Gibbs won it. years. All right, let's uh, let's uh, end the show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Oh, I have a call in ten minutes. What a what a day! I gotta go. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a leftover burrito right now, Dan. I am fired up. Have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Football Today. We do have some FFT and five episodes dropping on Sunday. Otherwise, we'll talk to you Monday. Take care. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present. A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.